Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to this EM360 podcast. My name is Chris Steffen, and I'll be your host for today's podcast. I'm the research director with Enterprise Management Associates, an analyst firm that looks how companies are managing their IT infrastructure from the data center out to the user environment and into the cloud. I focus primarily on information security and compliance. In today's podcast, I'll be talking to Mark Alba, the Chief Product and Strategy Officer for Anomaly. On today's episode, we're going to talk about all the elements of XCR and the Mitter Attack Framework. Mark, thanks for joining me. I'm glad to talk to you again. Could you uh, let the listeners know a little bit about you and Anomaly? Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Mark Alba, uh, Chief Product and Strategy Officer uh, at Anomaly. And, uh, you know, I have a 20 plus year history uh, in cybersecurity. It's, as for many of us, uh, a job, but more importantly, a passion. Uh, My history really is around helping to deliver on product innovation. So going as far back as delivering on one of the first firewall appliances uh, back in the day when that was a thing to delivering the first cloud-based endpoint security solution. Uh, And really what I'm doing right now is helping to operationalize threat intelligence in a way that allows us to better detect attackers and attacks within your environment. Yeah, very cool. I I know that, uh, again, you and I have obviously spoken several times, and I know that we've both been around the block a little bit. So it's really nice to have your kind of expertise for our listeners to to be able to embrace and listen to. Um, I know that today we wanted to talk about frameworks in general, but specifically about the the Mitter attack framework and and what is Anomaly doing with that, and and why is it important to kind of the strategy that you are helping set at Anomaly. Yeah. So, you know, for us, MITRE, it, it's number one, it's critical for all of our customers. Um, and so as we work with uh, everybody from practitioners to CISOs, uh, it's oftentimes, you know, called the Rosetta Stone. Um, it allows a practitioner who is analyzing threats, analyzing technical indicators to be able to translate the attack into impact. Um, and it really allows uh, everybody within an organization to understand what the attacker is intending to do, what they have done, uh, and, and what they're going to do in the future based off of that evidence of intent. Um, and so really what the way we're focused on this is we build it into our product, and we can talk a little bit about that. But also, and, and, and almost more importantly, how can we work with uh, MITRE Corporation in new ways to develop the framework and new frameworks uh, that allow uh, organizations to better understand attacks? And then with our customers, what we're finding is there's really a, 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 a um, desire to be able to use it. And so there are a lot of uh, security operations center teams that we talk to who want to use it but may not have the level of sophistication, the level of education required to understand it. So we're spending a lot of time with customers, helping them actually operationalize the framework. Yeah, I, and I think that's a really important point. When you when you start talking about, you know, a whole bunch of the other frameworks that are out there and, and you know, some that are more visible. Of course, I think everybody at this point knows about PCI and and what PCI DSS means to you because everybody tries to use a credit card. And so you're all filling out questionnaires, you all have your assessments, so on and so forth. But but uh, but MITRE is one of those that that is kind of 
behind the scenes, almost a little stealthy. And, and that's always been a little strange to me because it truly gives you the best data as to what the bad guys are trying to do and then how to mitigate what they're trying to do. And, and that's why I think it's so important to give it more visibility and to really understand how, you know, companies like Anomaly are taking and embracing that framework as part of their overall strategy. And so talk to me a little bit about, you know, how are you integrating that framework into what you guys are doing just, you know, at, at the highest level, but even if you can kind of go into the weeds a little bit. Absolutely. So our goal is to integrate uh, MITRE across our platform. Um, and so uh, we have a uh, threat intelligence and threat detection platform that's leveraged by threat intelligence analyst and SOC analyst. And so um, what we've done is, you know, number one, uh, we are constantly on the latest version, but we have built into uh, across our product, the ability to use past versions. So we have an understanding that a lot of our customers may be jumping from version to version of the MITRE ATT&CK framework. We currently support uh, both enterprise and mobile uh, versions of the MITRE ATT&CK framework. Uh, and we're looking at uh, the ICS, the industrial control system uh, version as well. Um, and really what you know, to start with, what analysts use MITRE for is really as part of their investigation. So as intelligence on new attackers come in, um, how do I map that against the security coverage that I have in place uh, against the MITRE attack framework to give you a very easy to understand visual of this is what an attacker is going to do. And uh, this is the level of coverage you have. So and let's let's break that down for a second because I absolutely. think that's important. Because so when when we start taking and talking about the two, there, there's obviously multiple kinds of people that are are interested in exactly what you just said. But you have, you know, the the day to day practitioners that are you know at, at the keyboard at the data centers trying to take and do their due diligence. You have your mid-level managers that are just trying to take and make certain that all of their bases are covered on a daily basis. And then you have, you know, your executives and your C table that just want that snapshot as to, can I go to bed tonight and not see our name on the nine o'clock news or the seven o'clock news the yeah. next morning? And so I, I think it's really important to distinguish that, you know, when, when you take and look at your tools, you take and actually prescribe to each of those kind of segments when it's all said and done. That's right. And, and it, it actually follows that progression. So really starting with, uh, uh, actually, I sh should say it, it goes both ways. So yeah, yeah. In, in a lot of cases, you have the, it starts with the practitioner where a threat is discovered. In other cases, it starts at the board or the uh, the CISO level where, hey, where are we on uh, Log4j, just to use the most yeah, recent yeah, yeah. example. Um, and so what happens is, and we really built out the flow, and, and we believe that this, you know, when we think about the MITRE ATT&CK framework in any product, you have to have the ability to move from practitioner down to that technical indicator mapped in the framework, all the way to the security engineer who is concerned with the security controls that are being put into place, um, all the way to, you know, the CISO and the impact. We've actually seen, and we actually saw very recently, um, that discussion happening within the tools that we provide uh, across those sets of, of personas, the, the practitioner all the way to the CISO, uh, happen within uh, you know, a couple of hours. And the answer that that CISO really is looking for is, listen, new attack, 
am I impacted? If I am, what assets are potentially targeted? What's the criticality of those assets? And then how do I adjust my security controls? The important aspect of that whole flow there, though, was that not only was the practitioner aware and able to start actioning, but the CISO understood that there was a prioritization around remediation. What assets do I remediate first based off of the attacker and how they're going to hit me and you know my security controls within the MITRE attack framework? Yeah, I, I love my my tinfoil hat brethren, and and make no question about it, I have been one of you for twenty plus years. Um, but at the same time, I also know firsthand how difficult it is to communicate some of those priorities and some of those issues up the chain. And these are the kind of tools that they absolutely must utilize in order to better communicate that. It's not that they don't have interesting things to say, it's that they don't have the ability to communicate them well. And so any help that we can give give the, the security practitioner in communicating the priority and criticality of a particular event is something that's only going to be- benefit not only their company, but us as an industry in general. That's absolutely right. And I think you know, uh, we, there's a story that actually happened uh, right before uh, Christmas <laughs> when a lot of us were working. Of uh, one of our customers was uh, who had the opportunity to go into the office in these days, but was taking taking the train to the office, and was on their computer uh, doing a search using our intelligence augmentation tool. Uh, and they're able to, you know, very quickly go through a bunch of intelligence, online intelligence, public sourced and look at the indicators related to Log4j, and within that tool, pivot to uh, what is that indicator and how does it relate to a specific threat actor, and do I see this in my environment? So this is a simple tool that's that's able to you know do this as you're kind of scanning through this research. Phone call was made, and this is a direct story from our customer to their CISO on the train ride into the office. Uh, and then they had that response team going um, because they did find, you know, detections within their environment. But that's an example of going from, you know, something, and this is what I love about the MITRE Tech Framework, going from something that is a technical indicator, you know, an IP address, a URL, to get the response team going because we need to take action now. Yeah, it, it's the actionable intelligence. We we all are informed about a bazillion different things all the time, but it's it's always that that you know needle in the haystack, that diamond in the rough that that we need to take and have more of. That was you know the actual thing that really mattered. In you, you have you know five billion terabytes of logs, and that one line that said, "Oh, well, here's what you were looking for all along," kind of thing. So That's yeah, right. I, I really appreciate that. That's very very important in the grand scheme of things. Um, I, I wanted to ask too. Um, I we're, we're talking a lot about MITRE, but talk to me about what other frameworks you guys are looking into and embracing at Anomaly. Yeah, so you know, uh, within within our solutions, we do support uh, Diamond and and we support uh, Cyber Kill Chain, um, and we have a lot of discussions. You know, because MITRE has kind of taken front front and center stage for us, we have a lot of discussions at specifically around Cyber Kill Chain about how. Um, we can better uh, leverage it with our customers, and we're learning a lot from our customers. <clears throat> What's interesting about Cyber Kill Chain is that a lot of customers are using it to really express the level of threats to their leadership, uh, because for a lot of them, it's it's easier to understand how deep the threat is in your environment and, and what the overall impact should be. 
MITRE does a very excellent job compared to Cyber Kill Chain around uh, detailing the, the TTPs, the, the techniques and, and procedures related to a particular attack. Um, but when you look at the cyber kill chain, it's really, you know, it's really being used by a lot of the more sophisticated users to provide that deep level of impact. So we're seeing those two, you know, kind of dynamics happening with those two frameworks. There's a huge opportunity, uh, you know, and this is something that we talk about in our brainstorming sessions, but haven't actioned on to actually bring those two things together. So how do you map the the deep the richness that you get with the cyber kill train of how deep is that threat within your environment and the impact within your, within your environment back to what MITRE provides you with is who's the attacker, what have they done, what have they done, what sort of procedures have they taken, what are the next steps that they're going to take? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I again, I, I applaud that. I know that it's not part of your offering today, but it will likely be part of your offering tomorrow. So stay tuned there. Because again, I don't, I don't know anybody else that's particularly doing it that way, but the advantage of having multiple frameworks that, you know, again, there is no question that different strokes for different folks and obviously different standards for, you know, different environments and different verticals. But some of these um, are, are very specialized in, you know, the information that they provide, but even how the information is presented. Yeah. And, and when you have, you know, when, when you're using the, the one and only the one, yeah, you're getting some benefit from it. I'm not trying to say you aren't, but when you take in and start taking and analyzing, you know, the best parts of all those different frameworks and then putting them into, you know, a single tool where you're getting that expression that can then be passed, you know, either down the chain or up the chain, depending on, you know, which direction you need to communicate with that that's where the real advantage is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's awesome. So um, talk to me a little bit about what is the role that threat intelligence is going to be playing in all this in the future? And, and, Talk to me a little bit about your your views on just the threat intelligence in general. Let, let me step back. I don't think people really fully understand, you know, where threat intelligence should be in their overall security plan and security, you know, strategy. And and I obviously see the importance of it. I know that you do too. But explain to me, and, and to somebody who doesn't know that, explain to them why that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. I mean, I think a, a lot of threat intelligence, uh, you know, unfortunately, for the last 20 years, at least my experience uh, in the security market in the last 20 years, it, it's been a, a compliance checkpoint. Do I have intelligence? Do I have a fee? And these are expensive investments that you're making in the intelligence. Um, yeah, but hold on. So I'm going to go with that for a second, and I think yeah. that's the truth. But that is, it's gotten to the point where it was only the biggest and the brightest corporations that could yeah. really, inf- uh, really afford to have a, a threat intelligence operations within their environment. But I don't really feel that's the case anymore. I think that, it, and I won't say that it's been democratized or commoditized by any means, but I, I think it's gotten to the point where you can be a small to medium-sized business and actually take and do honest-to-God threat intelligence understanding and investigations. And so I, I don't want people to think that, well, if I'm not a Fortune 50 company, this is never going to happen. I don't think that's really the truth anymore. And I think you can argue that the democratization of threat intelligence has happened, and especially as you look at you know open source intelligence. Yeah, yeah. There, there's very good open source intelligence out there, depending on how you're going to use it. And I think 
what I see happening is there's a lot of intelligence out there where a lot of the folks that we talk to are struggling is how do I actually operationalize it? How do I That's make right. sense of this in a way that I can move from, listen, I, I love academia. I will read white papers over the weekend. I'll read through threat reports, Nerd. Uh, but that's not going to make companies <laughs> money. <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's the realization that how do you move from, you know, finished intelligence reports are hugely important, but how do you operationalize that? And so that's got to be the focus, you know, and, and I talk a lot about how when we look at operationalizing threat intelligence, how do you get to what we call your, your relevant threat landscape, which is really the combination of the threat intelligence that's out there, all the global intelligence that's out there with as much context that you can uh, align with that threat intelligence to get, if you're thinking about a Venn diagram, that union of global threat intelligence, what uh, my security or my IT uh, ecosystem and that Venn diagram, that union is, that's my threat landscape that I need to focus on and go deep on. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, again, I, it, it isn't for everybody. And, and I know that it does take a little bit of understanding, you know, even some of the most basic concepts of, of threat intelligence in general. But I, I think it's worthwhile for every size company to, to really at least have a hundred thousand foot view of how you know a threat intelligence platform can take and benefit their company, and 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 so many of these, as you mentioned, they, it, it has been democratized. It's gotten to the point where you know you you don't have to have you know a, a squad of CISSPs with you know twelve PhDs to each of their names to be able to make this stuff work. It, you can. I, I'm not saying it's for everybody, but it's gotten to the point where. Even a, a, a semi lay person can understand how to make this work and how it benefits to their company. What, what's important to the parts of their company that it, it should benefit, and take and go from there. That's right. The, the other things that we're seeing is how do you take that machine readable threat intelligence and integrate it into uh, existing security controls, uh, which truly is the operationalization of of this type of threat intelligence. Well, yeah, that, um, that was my next question. I, I mean, when okay, you start yeah, taking, ahead. no, 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 when you start taking and talking about, you know, TI in general, I, I'm always looking for, you know, where do you think you're going at Anomaly, but just in general, to make the job easier for that analyst that, that can actually take and do, you know, threat intelligence, you know, what's the threat intelligence 101 that you're taking and baking into your products? Yeah. And for us, it's, you know, threat intelligence is becoming a means to an end. And, and what I mean by that, and I kind of explained the Venn diagram, is threat intelligence that's made relevant to your environment really provides that analyst, the, in this case, a SOC analyst, the not just the answers, but the insights at their fingertips. That's right. So an attack happens, it's a specific indicator that I can then very quickly map and, and build associations around the techniques and tools and procedures related to that, and I can eventually get to an actor. So I've just gone through the MITRE ATT&CK framework, you know, ideally automatically, and I've gone from, hey, there's something bad in my environment, to now I know who it is, what they're going to do, and how to respond. That's right. And that, you know, for us, making an analyst's life easier is having that at your fingertips. Just having that as quick, those insights right in front of you so you can operationalize it as quickly as possible. And as a former analyst, I thank you for that. 
Um, <laughs> it, it makes a huge difference, right? I mean, there's so much brain damage going on every day. And if you can take an even, you know, cut my, my research time down by, you know, even 20%, which you do way more than that, that that's a huge benefit to me and, and really to my workload. So that that's always going to be really appreciated. So um, I, I know we only have about five minutes left, but I, I did want to talk a little bit about XDR. I know that Anomaly is taking in and jumping into the XDR market. Talk to me a little bit about where I have two questions. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, kind of the new direction you're going with XDR. But before we do that, talk to me a little bit about um, where you think the uh, attack framework plays in the XDR realm. And then we'll talk a little bit about kind of where you're going with XDR in general. Yeah. So, you know, again, we, 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 we discussed kind of that whole Rosetta Stone concept, the moving from indicator to uh, threat actor and all the steps in between. And so the way we look at XDR and specifically the D uh, in XDR, that detection capability, how do I take, you know, a, the best verdict you can have, which is an indicator, and indicators that are relevant, indicators are active, you know, and, and there's a lot of work that goes into making sure that Absolutely. the indicators that you're using are, in fact, active, and, and the inactive ones can be identified as well and, and, and done away with. So, but once you have that, you know, what's critical within, you know, the way we're thinking about XGR as it relates to the MITRE attack framework is, how do you take that detection and quickly move to the R, the response part of it? And for us, there is a pattern that MITRE, uh, that the MITRE attack framework can provide for you. Um, and as we kind of build out our product, we'll look at ways that we can automate that pattern type detection. Uh, but right now, you can use the MITRE attack framework to move from that indicator to the attacker and the next steps. And so as we look at the detection piece of it, it's got to be, you know, we are delivering on, you know, a firm verdict detection of indicator matching. And then on the response side, the way we talk about it is that we want to be able to respond, uh, number one, across a heterogeneous security stack, which I think is hugely important. Absolutely. And, and being able to push, you know, the intelligence, the indicators, the machine-readable threat intelligence you have the ability to push it out to a security stack and make policy changes in a, in a kind of a generic way, but it impacts the entire stack. The other thing that we talk about as it relates to the, you know, the R and XDR around response is a comprehensive response, not just to that individual breach, that individual attack, but the entire to the totality of the, the attacker and that campaign. So what do I need to do to respond to what's going to happen in the future? And that's, you know, that's where I see you don't do that without the MITRE attack framework, uh, both in the background, you know, as part of your data structure and how you think about uh, how you think about attacks and how you think about uh, indicators related to attacks. And you don't do that from a visual standpoint as well, as we described earlier, you know, moving from um, a big part of detection and a huge part of response is what actions should I take on the R part? You know, what is the risk associated with this attack or these sets of attacks? And then how do I take action, which is aligned with the type of investment that I have already made within my, uh, to, you know, establish my security posture. Yeah, that's fantastic. No, I really appreciate that. Um, talk to me a little bit about the direction that you guys are going with XDR in general. I, I know that you guys have a couple of uh, product releases coming out and, and some interesting stuff and, and quite frankly, a very interesting approach. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So 
we are, you know, excited to over the next uh, month and month and a half, we'll be uh, launching our anomaly platform, which uh, c includes both our our cloud-based threat intelligence capability called ThreatStream, in addition to uh, the delivery of our match capability, our match solution, uh, which is indicator detection that moves you from uh, I've detected a threat within my environment and then aligns with asset prioritization and patching prioritization uh, and the response policies that are required to address that specific threat. By moving to the cloud, this is a fully cloud-native solution. Uh, we have you know, our secret sauce, which I won't go into too much detail, but in essence, the way we are managing the data, this is a big data solution where we are uh, leveraging telemetry across any a uh, single security control point. So we'll take information from SIMS, but also, and more importantly, you know, we'll take information from endpoints, from messaging solutions, from identity solutions. And what we're really focused on is what I kind of described a little bit earlier. What telemetry can we bring in and collide together with that global intelligence to provide you with insights on uh, not just the attack, but the attacker? Um, so as you can imagine, you know, you're getting a lot of information from EDR tools and other endpoint protection technologies. Uh, that information, when taken together with global intelligence, tells you so much more than you would get uh, just by looking at that EDR data alone or even looking at EDR data that's, that's correlated with, uh, with network detection, detection and response tools. Yeah, that's very cool. We'll, we'll nerd out on some of the details and, and some of the, the techno babble on the next one, uh, next podcast yeah. we do. Because I, I think there's a lot of people like me that nerd out about that kind of stuff. So uh, keep that in your pocket. We'll make certain to take and talk about that as it becomes appropriate. But um, did you have anything else you wanted to add? We're just about out of time for this episode. No, listen, I'm, I'm very excited about the direction. As I said, you know, I've been in this market or I've been in the security space for, for my entire career. I, I really, truly feel that as we look at how intelligence is really being operationalized, as we look at things like the MITRE attack framework, uh, something's coming together here. Um, and I think in the next couple of years, to the point that you raised, you know, we're going to see the true democratization of intelligence. We're going to look at new ways to actually detect threats in your environment. And I think ultimately we're going to move beyond just detecting, you know, post breach. We're going to start at, uh, detecting attackers pre, you know, pre breach, and 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 really protecting ourselves before something even happens. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I am too. And I, I think that you guys are definitely helping us get down that road. So I really appreciate that. Um, again. You and I could take and do this all day. Thank you for your insights, Mark. Um, fantastic topic. Thank you to everybody who listened to our conversation today. If you'd like more information about what we discussed, make sure to head over to anomaly.com uh, to get more information. Again, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.